It's October 18th, and this is the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. My name is Blake Farley, and today's Old Testament reading comes to us from Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 27 through chapter 32, verse 44. As always, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will greatly increase the human population and the number of animals here in Israel and Judah. In the past, I deliberately uprooted and tore down this nation. I overthrew it, destroyed it, and brought disaster upon it. But in the future, I will just as deliberately plant it and build it up. Now I, the Lord, have spoken. The people will no longer quote this proverb. The parents have eaten sour grapes, but their children's mouths pucker at the taste. All people will die for their own sins. Those who eat the sour grapes will be the ones whose mouths will pucker. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, though I love them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, You should know the Lord. For everyone, from the least to the greatest, will know me already, says the Lord. And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. It is the Lord who provides the sun to light the day, and moon and stars to light the night, and who stirs the sea into roaring waves. His name is the Lord of heaven's armies, and this is what he says. I am as likely to reject my people Israel as I am to abolish the laws of nature. This is what the Lord says. Just as the heavens cannot be measured and the foundations of the earth cannot be explored, so I will not consider casting them away for the evil they have done. I, the Lord, have spoken. The day is coming, says the Lord, when all Jerusalem will be rebuilt for me, from the tower of Hanel to the corner gate. A measuring line will be stretched out over the hill of Gareb and across Goa, and the entire area, including the graveyard and ash dump and the valley, and all the fields out to the Kidron Valley on the east as far as the horse gate will be holy to the Lord. The city will never again be captured or destroyed. Moving into chapter 30, verse 1. The following message came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the tenth year of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah. This was also the eighteenth year of the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar. Jerusalem was then under siege from the Babylonian army, and Jeremiah was imprisoned in the courtyard of the guard in the royal palace. King Zedekiah had put him there, asking why he kept giving this prophecy. This is what the Lord says, I'm about to hand over this city to the king of Babylon, and he will take it. King Zedekiah will be captured by the Babylonians and taken to meet the king of Babylon face to face. He will take Zedekiah to Babylon, and I will deal with him there, says the Lord. If you fight against the Babylonians, you will never succeed. At that time, the Lord sent me a message. He said, Your cousin Hananel, son of Shalom, will come and say to you, Buy my field at Anath. By law, you have the right to buy it before it is offered to anyone else. Then, just as the Lord had said he would, my cousin Hananel came and visited me in the prison. He said, Please buy my field at Ananeth in the land of Benjamin. By law, you have the right to buy it before it is offered to anyone else. So buy it for yourself. Then I knew that the message I had heard was from the Lord. So I bought the field at Ananeth, paying Hemuel 17 pieces of silver for it. I signed and sealed the deed of purchase before witnesses weighed out the silver and paid him. Then I took the sealed deed and an unsealed copy of the deed, which contained the terms and conditions of the purchase, and I handed them to Baruch, son of Neriah, and grandson of Manasseh. I did all this in the presence of my cousin Hamanel, the witness, who had signed the deed, and all the men of Judah who were there in the courtyard of the guardhouse. Then I said to Baruch, as, all, as they all listened, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Take both this sealed deed and the unsealed copy and put them into a pottery jar to preserve them for a long time. 
For this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Someday people will again own property here in this land and will buy and sell houses and vineyards and fields. Then, after I had given the papers to Barak, I prayed to the Lord, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You show unfailing love to thousands, but you also bring the consequences of one generation's sin upon the next. You are the great and powerful God, the Lord of heaven's armies. You have all wisdom and do great and mighty miracles. You see the conduct of all people, and you give them what they deserve. You perform miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, and things still remember to this day. And you have continued to do great miracles in Israel and all around the world. You have made your name famous to this day. You brought Israel out of Egypt with mighty signs and wonders, with a strong hand and powerful arm, and with overwhelming terror. You gave the people of Israel this land that you had promised their ancestors long before, a land flowing with milk and honey. Our ancestors came and conquered it and lived in it, but they refused to obey you or follow your word. They have not done anything you commanded. That is why you have sent this terrible disaster upon them. See how the siege ramps have been built against the city walls. Through war, famine, and disease, the city will be handed over to the Babylonians who will conquer it. Everything has happened just as you said, and yet, O sovereign Lord, you have told me to buy the field, paying good money for it before these witnesses, even though the city will soon be handed over to the Babylonians. Then this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord. I am the Lord, the God of all peoples of the world. Is anything too hard for me? Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will hand this city over to the Babylonians and to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he will capture it. The Babylonians outside the walls will come in and set fire to the city. They will burn down all these houses where the people provoked my anger by burning incense to Baal on the rooftops and by pouring out liquid offerings to other gods. Israel and Judah have done nothing but wrong since their earliest days. They have infuriated me with all their evil deeds, says the Lord. From the time this city was built until now, it has done nothing but anger me. So I am determined to get rid of it. The sins of Israel and Judah, the sins of the people of Jerusalem, the kings, the officials, the priests, and the prophets have stirred up my anger. My people have turned their backs on me and have refused to return. Even though I diligently taught them, they would not receive instruction or obey. They have set up their abominable idols right in my own temple, defiling it. They have built pagan shrines to Baal in the valley of Ben-Hinnon, and there they sacrificed their sons and daughters to Molech. I have never commanded such a horrible deed, and it never even crossed my mind to command such a thing. What an incredible evil, causing Judah to sin so greatly. Now, I want to say something more about this city you have been saying. It will fall to the king of Babylon through war, famine, and disease. But this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I will certainly bring my people back again from all the countries where I will scatter them in my fury. I will bring them back to this very city and let them live in peace and safety. They will be my people and I will be their God. And I will give them one heart and one purpose, to worship me forever for their own good, and for the good of all their descendants. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good for them. I will put a desire in their hearts to worship me, and they will never leave me. I will find joy doing good for them, and will faithfully and wholeheartedly replant them in this land. This is what the Lord says. Just as I have brought all these calamities on them, so I will do all the good I have promised them. Fields will again be bought and sold in this land which you now say it has been ravaged by the Babylonians, a desolate land where people and animals have all disappeared. Yes, fields will once again be bought and sold, deeds signed and sealed and witnessed in the land of Benjamin, and here in Jerusalem, in the towns of Judah, and in the hill country, in the foothills of Judah, and in the Negev too. For someday I will restore prosperity to them. I, the Lord, have spoken. That concludes our Old Testament reading. Moving into the New Testament, 1 Timothy chapter 3. This is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. 
So a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must be able to teach. He must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not love money. He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? A church leader must not be a new believer, because he might become proud, and the devil would cause him to fall. Also, people outside the church must speak well of him, so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. In the same way, deacons must be well-respected and have integrity. They must not be heavy drinkers or dishonest with money. They must be committed to the mystery of the faith now revealed and must live with a clear conscience. Before they are appointed as deacons, let them be closely examined. If they pass the test, then let them serve as deacons. In the same way, their wives must be respected and must not slander others. They must exercise self-control and be faithful in everything they do. A deacon must be faithful to his wife, and he must manage his children and household well. Those who do well as deacons will be rewarded with respect from others and will have increased confidence in their faith in Christ Jesus. I am writing these things to you now, even though I hope to be with you soon, so that if I am delayed, you will know how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. This is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and foundation of the truth. Without question, this is the great mystery of our faith. Christ was revealed in a human body and vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels and announced to the nations. He was believed in throughout the world and taken to heaven in glory. That concludes our New Testament reading. Moving into our Proverbs reading for the day. Proverbs chapter 25, verses 20 through 22. Singing cheerful songs to a person with a heavy heart is like taking someone's coat in cold weather or pouring vinegar in a wound. If your enemies are hungry, give them food to eat. If they are thirsty, give them water to drink. You will heap burning coals of shame on their heads, and the Lord will reward you. And finally, we will be reading Psalm 88 in a posture of prayer. This is the 88th Psalm. For the choir director, a psalm of the descendants of Korah, a song to be sung to the tune, the suffering of affliction, a psalm of him and the Ezraite. Verse 1. O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out to you by day, I come to you at night. Now hear my prayer, listen to my cry. For my life is full of troubles and death draws near. I'm as good as dead, like a strong man with no strength left. They left me among the dead, and I lie like a corpse in a grave. I am forgotten, cut off from your care. You have thrown me into the lowest pit, into the darkest depths. Your anger weighs me down. With wave after wave, you have engulfed me. Interlude. You have driven my friends away by making me repulsive to them. I am in a trap with no way of escape. My eyes are blinded by my tears. Each day I beg for your help, O Lord. I lift my hands to you for mercy. Are your wonderful deeds of any use to the dead? Do the dead rise up and praise you? Interlude. Can those in the grave declare your unfailing love? Can they proclaim your faithfulness in the place of destruction? Can the darkness speak of your wonderful deeds? Can anyone in the land of forgetfulness talk about your righteousness? O oh Lord, I cry out to you. I will keep on pleading day by day. O oh Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face from me? I have been sick and close to death since my youth. I stand helpless and desperate before your terrors. Your fierce anger has overwhelmed me. Your terrors have paralyzed me. They swirl around me like floodwaters all day long. They have engulfed me completely. You have taken away my companions and loved one. Darkness is my closest friend. Lord, I pray for anybody who maybe is resonating with this psalm today, who feels like darkness is their closest friend. Lord, thank you that you have put this psalm in your words so that we know it's okay to pray like this. It's normal to feel this way on this side of eternity. But Lord, that we are not alone, that you are with us, and that you are restoring all things to new. I pray that that hope would encourage somebody today, the hope found only in Jesus. Lord, it's in your name I pray. 
Amen. Well, thank you for joining me for today's reading, friends, and I hope to see you back here tomorrow for another day of reading through the Bible together.